Don't know, Tom. Seems expensive. Seems. Well, this seems to be a waste of my time. That is 900 nicker in any shop you're lucky enough to find one in, and you're complaining about 200. What school of finance did you study? It's a deal. It's a steal. It's sale of the fucking century. In fact, fuck it, Nick. I think I'll keep it. All right, all right. Keep your Allens on. Empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Okay, anyway, that's what I was doing, uh, walking here, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But actually, yeah, today, uh, as always, I'd like to discuss, uh, not as always, it's something new I'd like to discuss with you. It's uh, accents, and then I prepared a bunch of stuff, and mm -hmm. I think you, 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 yeah, you've got as well. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got some things, yeah. I've, just, uh -huh. I've got some sound clips, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, talking about, let's say, accents, first of all, mm, again, I'm going to consider you as an expert. <laughs> and I'm gonna bombard you with a bunch of <laughs> questions. Like, uh, could you please tell me how and why it occurred? I mean, <laughs> yeah, in particular in regions like Great Britain, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, comparing to Russia and the kind of as I see, mm, uh, with not even within, like in term of terrain, it's much smaller. Mm -hmm. And uh, but being much smaller, it has abundance of accents. You know? mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Uh -huh. And yeah. how and how come? So you've got this tiny little little region, yeah, but you've got so many regional accents. And I think that first of all, we have to we have to kind of clear the air and um, you know start from the very bottom. So what exactly is an accent, mm -hmm. right? And because um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of curiosity, a lot of um, you know surrounding this topic. I think it's something that everybody experiences, but um, people don't don't really have the language to properly discuss this thing. So um, what exactly do we mean when we say accent? All right, so an accent is, well, it's basically a manner of speech. Sure. Yeah, that's um, specific to a particular individual, uh, locality, or or even country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, sure. um, you know, contrary to popular belief, I suppose, you know, in a certain sense, everybody speaks with some sort of accent because, well, when we're discussing accent, it always has to be with regard to whatever the standard is sure. or whatever the standard was decided in that particular region. So if you take a person from England um, who speaks in a standard, well, let's say RP, which we're going to talk about later, of course, mm -hmm. yeah. RP? Uh, yeah. Wow, it's an accent, is it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh -huh. Received pronunciation. Okay. Oh, all right. So I guess we've got plenty to talk about tonight, yeah. Okay, okay. Who speaks in a standard RP, right? You would say, oh, I guess he doesn't have an accent. But if you take him to the United States of America, the Americans would say, "Oh, you speak, you speak with a British accent." Yeah. Uh -huh. So there's this, there's um, there's a kind of relativity to the, to the concept of uh -huh. accent. Yeah. Uh -huh. And you asked a very interesting question: How do accents develop? You know, especially in tiny little places like <laughs> like England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess what we know from neuroscience is that, uh, well, obviously in the first year of a child's life, uh, the child is basically listening and trying to and trying to process not necessarily words but just sounds yeah um, not really words but sounds and the the child is silently learning these sounds until until there comes a time that its speech apparatus is ready for it to actually makes it ready to speak and so 
Um, in the meantime, it's just silently learning sounds and slowly but surely associating those sounds with meanings. Yeah, so that's how we get basically our basic concepts of words. But also accent, yeah, because, I mean, the basis of somebody's accent is uh, basically the sounds, you know, the combination of sounds that a child hears at a very young age, yeah. And, um, but the funny thing about accents is that what we've come to notice Accents are pretty malleable, you know, mm -hmm. pretty changeable, mm -hmm. mm, all the way up to um, all the way up to young adulthood. Yeah, like late, late, um, the late teenage years or early adulthood. Accent can be pretty malleable. Yeah, and we've got lots of cases of people moving to different places and um, you know developing different accents. And where do different accents come from? Mm, it could be for a number of reasons. So it could be that, well, if we're talking about England in particular, um, let's take Liverpool, right? Yeah. A place like Liverpool. So why do they speak like that in Liverpool? Well, you have to consider the geopolitical and historical background of that place. So it was basically um, a trading hub of sorts. Um, people from Liverpool traded with Irish people. Mm -hmm. um, mostly. Yeah, yeah, mostly with Irish people. And it became a very... Um, well, it be it became a very crucial trading location, and okay. so there was a lot of there was heavy interaction with Irish people there, you know that which, you know, wasn't there in you know southern parts of England, and so huh? yeah, it's that close interaction with a particular group of people that kind of influences over time, uh -huh. yeah, the sounds and yeah the speech mannerisms uh -huh. basically. So it could be due to interaction with um, particular groups of people. It could be environmental factors. Uh -huh. So lots of different things contribute to how um, to the development of accents. Yeah. But actually, have you heard about this term as a cat? Communication uh, uh, accommodation theory. Communication accommodation theory. Accommodation theory. Yeah. Do tell. <laughs> okay. And uh, now I just I'm gonna just tell you I've you know taken some notes there. Actually, this. Uh, mm -hmm. Or is it? Yeah, this theory goes like, uh, you know, the the first who coined this theory is a uh, is a uh, Marco Dragovich and Howard Giles. It's a um, theory in general theoretical framework of both interpersonal and intergroup communication. Mm -hmm. You know, and it seeks to explain and predict why and when how people adjust their communicative behavior during you know like in the interaction yeah. with each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, so as a consequence, um, interacting with each other, people, people uh, kind of create uh, mm -hmm. either just a common accent, which is common in that particular region, mm -hmm. or they just, uh, you know, uh, kind of shape it in a new way. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. that's Ex exactly right. Yeah, similar to, I guess it's, yeah, it's similar to what I... Um, which what was happening about. in Liverpool? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's about cat. It's the in theory, like mm -hmm. um, again, as I said, communication accommodation uh, theory. Yeah. Well, yes, and I uh, t today uh, I'd like to focus on uh, Cockney accent. You know, it's actually it's, it's known as uh, Cockney uh, rhyming slang. All oh, right. Yeah, Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you? What do you know about it, by the way? Well, it's um. Okay, so there's the Cockney accent, yeah, and then there's Cockney rhyming slang where you um, sort of, you take a word and then just replace it with some other word that rhymes with it, yeah, yeah. and then um, 
everybody just kind of gets it yeah like uh, sure uh, yeah and the first of all it's uh, we should um, I think I think highlight that's a cockney accent as we consider it as an accent it uh, it's a distinctive feature is uh, glottal stop yeah yeah mm -hmm. could you please tell me what uh, I mean kind of kind of what is glottal stop right so um, first of all there are many different kinds of stops yeah like um, water yeah exactly water so um, you could stop so you could make a consonant by closing your lips mm -hmm. uh, yeah for example p mm -hmm. yeah um, that's a certain kind of plosive or stop yeah mm -hmm. you could make a consonant by um, you know pressing the roof pressing your tongue against the roof of your mouth mm -hmm. you could make uh, a plosive sound or a stop uh, using your throat basically like uh, you know using uh and so um, well the classic example yeah is a bottle of water uh -huh. and yeah, so instead of saying water um, certain consonants like T get replaced by a glottal stop yeah, yeah. and water yeah water you get water mm -hmm. sure yeah. Uh, yeah, especially T and D yeah T and D tend to um, tend to really um, succumb to yeah to glottal uh, stopping yeah in the Cockney accent yeah but the Cockney's got lots of other distinct features yeah so one Such of the one of the easiest ways of um, uh, of catching uh, of identifying a Cockney accent okay so one of them was the glottal stop you were talking about uh -huh. there's also um, replacing the and the uh -huh. right yeah usually with the and yeah. fuh. Fuh. yeah just yeah. that mm -hmm. uh, um, tough like a fuh. Fuh. yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah a lot of stuff There's that plenty is of stuff yeah mm -hmm. sure sure which uh, uh, yeah it's like a, I don't know cockney speakers if I can say so like they they are proud of you know why I started talking about cockney although being just a kind of rhyming slang mm -hmm. it it has end up ended up being kind of taken you know, a significant part of British culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. and today, as you mentioned at the beginning, the um, kind of out of Great Britain, if you if you if you speak Cockney, not like a kind of Cockney, you know, with not not a hundred percent, you might be considered as a as a pure Brit. You know, like exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, like somebody could be speaking in a Cockney accent. I've actually heard of this kind of thing a lot, where somebody is like. Um, you take someone like Jason Statham, for yeah. example, yeah, and people say, "Oh, I love his British accent." Yeah, yeah. but if you actually know about British accents, you'd be like, "Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a very, I mean, it's a very specific um, <laughs> London accent." Yeah, sure. like a sort of working class London accent. Yeah, but it's sort of identified itself with British culture, which which is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how these things happen. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, by the way, talking about Jason Statham as you started. Um, you must have seen something where he, where Jason State like, uh, um, oh come on, movies like, uh, oh can't remember. Hold on a second. Uh, directed by Guy Ritchie. You know this one. Since I'm not, I need to just. Uh, Oh the, oh, the transporter? Nope. Quite close. Let's see, Statham movies. There was the one with oh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, yeah, I Lopez see that. that I Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Right, right. Have yeah, you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I have seen it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, th there you can just uh, kind of witness pure 
Cockney accent, and it not only uh, Jason Statham. There are a lot of uh, actors, and uh, most of them like you know. The idea is to highlight that um, I don't know group of people you know who mostly speak uh, and who mostly speak yeah Cockney. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, I've prepared uh, like uh, you know sort of a bit to uh, recording. And uh, mm-hmm. it's recording. I'm gonna challenge you. Uh, I'm gonna just play it, and you're supposed. To, it's a story, uh-huh. it's, uh, like a told in up in Cockney. Right. And you're supposed to listen and get me and tell me what this story is about. <laughs> All right. Okay? Let's give it a try. Yeah, let's give it a try. Uh, but let me just uh, pause it for a while. Check it out. This is the story. Uh, I remember going on a date once uh, years ago with a girl, Kerry, really good girl, and I knew her brother and everything, right? And I picked her up, and as I went to pick her up. I walked into the, uh, this is a disaster, this is how things go wrong, right? I walked into the passageway and they lived at the back of Limehouse, really nice people. And someone had left a telephone on the floor and there was a glass door into the front room, the lounge. As I walked in, I was going, hello, and I kicked the telephone on, it was like on a volley, half volley. Went straight through the glass window, right? That's the, no, that's the first, right? Smashed the thing to pieces, right? I mean, bits, I'm like, uh... Mum and Dad were caught. Cool. I said, I'm really, really sorry. Who left the phone on the phone again? I'm really, really sorry. Kerry was upstairs getting ready and all that. And then I sat down on the seat waiting for her. You know, the mum's handing the glass up. And it's like, I'm in bits. And I leaned on the side of the sofa like that. And the whole sofa ripped down and fell off. Now, you're going to think, I'm joking here, right? It fell off. And I'm up. It's like you've been framed or something, right? I'm in bits now, right? Oh, fucking sorry, you know, and they're getting the ump now. <laughs> I'm smashing the ass up. <laughs> I've only been in there five minutes. Done that. We've got a bus from Limehouse. On the bus, some Russian type sailor started uh, digging us out, you know, saying, You come with me, with your girlfriend, and all that. I've had a fight on the bus with a geezer, right? <laughs> Within half an hour now, right? I mullered him on the bus, right? It's all gone pear shaped, right? So we're still going out, we've gone to a pub, then we've gone to the party, and the party's in Cloudsley Square. It is, right? Go up there, nice out, very nice out, one of three kind of tier houses, tower house things, you know, really lovely. And the same thing, you know, what I was just saying about this, what reminded me about, you know, keeping one eye on her, she's all right, and I'm talking to a couple of friends here, like, boom, boom, boom. And then she's walked across the room, <laughs> to come and talk to me. I've noticed that you do with your girls, it's something you kind of, you, you look after them without making them feel they're being looked after, if you know what I mean, but you, you watch. And she's tripped on the carpet. And as I've caught her, I caught her, right, there's a table behind me with a glass chandelier, right, thing on, right? And I don't know how much this was worth, right? I've hit it. And it's smashed on the floor on the fireplace, and it's gone everywhere. I mean, it's glass everywhere. You couldn't glue this back together. <laughs> right? And the woman who's house, it was screamed, right? And I remember saying to her, I'm really sorry, love. Whatever it costs, I'll, I'll, you know, I was trying to catch her. Whatever it costs, I'll pay for it and I'll, I'll put it all right. You know, it was obviously someone's mum we knew and I'll pay for it. She went, and she went on and went on. Then you go, well, fuck you. Then, and, you know, then, then it all goes pear shape. And that was the date. And I got her home. And that was that. A really nice girl could have, you know, might have been really nice. That was it. I had a nightmare. Or so by watching someone trying to be so nice. It all went the other way. Well, <laughs> now I see you. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's a kind of true Cockney story. And yeah. uh, well, did you get anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I yeah, I, I guess I got most of it. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, there were points when I, yeah, kind of zoned out a bit, just got into his, um, <laughs> in, into the way he was speaking. Yeah, but I guess I got, yeah, I guess I got. And what do you think it's about? Well, um, it seems like a horrible date. Yeah, uh-huh. kind of like a. Yeah. It's kind of he, so he, um, well, he walked into this place basically to to pick up, uh, to pick up his girlfriend. How he calls it, Gil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gil. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. And um, I don't know, somebody left their phone on the ground or something like that. Sure. And then he kicked it, uh-huh. and it kind of smashed through a, a glass window. Yeah, which Gr- yeah. immediately uh-huh. shattered into pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, um, yeah. But actually, the story is about that shirt. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he kicked that phone and it it uh, <laughs> smashed the. As far as I remember, that's like glass uh, door. Yeah, yeah, it was a glass door. Yeah, yeah exactly. Glass yeah. door. Mm-hmm. It was well, smashed into pieces. Sure, you know, and I I was like, okay, what if I happen to talk to that kind of guy and I, you know, I'll totally get kind of you know suspicious in my kind of abilities to understand language at all because it's extremely difficult yeah like so. just when you when you thought you were making you know po- steps forward you know yeah, to, in understanding yeah. english when yeah you, just, you, oh you no. kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> meet somebody like that makes you doubt yourself a bit yeah mm-hmm. exactly um well so and um that's a that's a phenomena um could you please suggest even um as we earlier mentioned like uh, this glottal stop like, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. t and d and d um are they doing that on purpose? Well, interesting question. I mean, do, doing that on purpose. I mm-hmm. mean, I um I guess I can't I can I mean, they're not really No, I wouldn't say they're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably when an accent is just starting to be um is just starting to get developed, um maybe there's an element of conscious um you know, of of, of conscious activity, but um when you but I mean, it's a, it's a fully, it's a, it's kind of, it's a fully established accent, and um, that's probably how people have become accustomed to talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, the way I talk. Like, am I doing it on purpose? No. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just the way. I, this it's just my manner the, the, of speech. The way you speak. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's that's probably the way. That's probably the way he's spoken ever since he was a child. That's probably the way he feels most natural With. speaking. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, got it now. Um, you know, and uh, UI teacher, and uh, you know, sometimes I'm, 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 I, like, I'm wondering. Uh, I wonder, like, there is a known Russian accent when it when the Russian the Russian people speak English. You know, it's kind of this uh, quite, can I say, tough? R- let's say letters. For example, or, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Instead of just or t, you know, because yeah. uh, in English, it's pure English. It's much uh, kind of Suffer exactly, yeah, suffer. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, oh, and lots of other things, yeah, and all, yeah. yeah. I've just mm-hmm. highlighted the yeah, most yeah, kind of yeah. common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you can cons- do you do you kind of mm, notice uh, when a person speaks and has kind of this broad accent? Um, yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Although, I mean, it's becoming more, you know, because I hear it so often. You know, being a, you know, being a teacher and everything, uh-huh. and being exposed to, to that on basically a daily basis. Okay. Yeah. I'm becoming more accustomed to it, but yeah, I mean, uh, I always notice it, and yeah, it's it's basically it's what we call mother tongue interference, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. or L one interference, as it's sometimes called, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, and uh, why I ask you that? It's uh, the fact that um, as long as you pay attention to, um, you know, do not you find it's a kind of phenomena like 
or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, that when a person moves somewhere and they on, on permanent basis, um, and then uh, you know he gets kind of assimilated, you know, uh, or she gets assimilated in that particular culture country, yep. and then as soon as that person comes back, his motherland, you know, um, that accent which he has or she has gained being there uh, might like fade away you know ah so like um so the person goes to another country yeah um, gets lives there on a uh, you know like a, for 10 years let's for say 10 for years let's say kind of adopts the manner of speech um, okay of that country and then you're saying the person comes back and then it kind of fades away exactly so and it happens sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, what it is like as uh, again, as uh, ref- ref- regarding that you said earlier today, uh, that uh, um, speech speech ap- apparatus mm-hmm. and it, uh, you know, it, it realizes that oh, this is our that's that we used to deal with, mm-hmm. and uh uh-huh, I know how to deal with that much easier. So what I need to, you know, uh, stick to accent, which is quite complicated. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> lots of. Yeah, I mean, you've you've thrown lots of things on the table. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Lots of linguists talk about, lots of sociolinguists talk about, um, well, it's generally accepted that there's a kind of critical period where, um, when you, where when you learn sounds, right, in this critical period, it becomes, um, it becomes difficult for them to change. Mm-hmm. And although there's a general, there's general agreement as to the existence of this critical period, it's not really clear where exactly this period is because um, we've had, I mean, you could have situations where somebody goes to another country, mm-hmm. but um, they don't adopt um, a new accent at all. Yeah, yeah, like that's another question. They just like remain completely, yeah, they just remain completely um, stoic, I suppose, to that <laughs> to, to that change. Yeah, And some mm-hmm. of them even are proud of it, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been mm-hmm. here for 15 years and <laughs> I can't speak <laughs> in a word here, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. And I, I don't, s- I don't sound like the natives at all. Yeah, yeah, like I haven't. And then you have other cases where, yeah, somebody, like I had a friend who, he he stayed in England for two months. Yeah, and we used to make fun of him. Yeah, because he came, <laughs> he came back. You know, sounding like, <laughs> sounding like one of them. And we were like, oh come on, you know, dr- drop that already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you would you stop it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't believe you. Okay, so um, again, let's go back to our accents, in particular Cockney. And I, uh, if you don't mind, uh, actually, I failed to kind of, you know, I've prepared like a pre-story of, of Cockney. I think it might be interesting for you and for our listeners. And then we will we will dive into a quiz which I've prepared. Okay. Yeah, sure. So as for the it's a pre-story, Cockney actually it originates from the saying "born within the sound of ball bells." You know mm. what the ball bells is. Born within the sound of ball bells. Yep, mm. it's a church. It's a church, you know, mm-hmm. actually, in London, one of the famous churches, and it was built in, as it says, like in the 17th century by Christopher Wren. Yeah, and uh, the first um, uh, Samuel Rowland, who who c- his citation like uh, linked ball bells and Cockney, and uh, like um, and according to, yeah to Wikipedia, it's not just a just a church as I said. It's one of the Mm-hmm. Famous church in in London, and people being born there, I think who were born there, they they are um, pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so as for Cockney, and uh, we've discussed a lot today. Um, its main purpose is to obscure uh, different words. You know, in particular among uh, traders, 
and uh, in in street street uh, kind of mm, kind of markets sorry mm-hmm. in street markets and uh, they were a lot of these uh, traders um like a name like a correct me if i'm wrong like a coast mongers yeah coast mongers yeah coast monger mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a trader who usually who mainly trades outside yeah mm-hmm. and uh, and they were among them they were kind of illegal coast mongers like bull, like uh, bot- bottlegers correct oh. me bottlegers no bootleggers bootleggers excuse yes. me mm-hmm. yeah bootleggers yeah and just in order to uh obscure you know stuff that they are trading with it, something illegal oh, they right. came mm-hmm. up with uh, this l- rhyming yeah and as for rhyming you know there are a lot of stuff but i've i've prepared a bunch of w- uh free to to be exact but i'm going to publish more and you will be able to our listeners will be able to see more than uh free sorry awesome uh-huh free mm, this uh cockney uh rhyming uh phrases yeah so you ready? Um, let's go. I mean, you're supposed to. I'm gonna just uh, uh, speak, uh, mm-hmm. say these phrases, and you're supposed to get what they stand for. Right. Yeah. And they, they, and then we will. I'll, I'll read their, their origin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Apples and pears. Apples and pears. Uh huh. Hmm. Apples and pears. Yeah. Like, oh, um, whoa, our elevator. Is not working now. Let's use apples and pears. The stairs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And uh, actually, this rhyming comes from castmongers, as I mentioned earlier, uh, who skilled in displaying. It's a really interesting thing. I mean, it's uh, really displaying in the front of their stall, like place, uh, you know, behind which they they usually trade, used to trade, and still trade. Yeah. And it goes like the selected samples of fruit and v- veggies are expertly graded in step and stairs you know yeah yeah and it uh, it it and as a result it has that arresting view which is eye catching yeah yeah that's why it's uh, apples and pears mm. you know quite profound isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite uh, <laughs> i mean if i were a policeman yeah. or that who is res- uh, sort of uh, in charge of keeping things con- under control I would never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd, uh, yeah, you know, you'd never suspect. You'd never even suspect that. Um, <laughs> Unless you are in it. Exactly, know, like, like you have to be in it. Yeah, and that was the point of the whole thing. You know, to create a scenario where, to create a situation where you have to be, either you're part of the culture or you don't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. So what's for the second one? Basin of gravy. Right. Ba- oh. Basin. Basin of gravy. Uh, uh-huh. Of gravy. Gravy. Okay. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Basin of gravy. Gravy. Hmm. Use it. Uh, could you use it in a sentence? Sure, sure. Uh, let me give an example. Like, oh, um, um, uh, today, yeah, okay. Um, recently, I've I I I I I was thinking of uh, basin and gravy, but I'm not I'm not ready yet. I'm I I I haven't got married yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. It's well. a it's a tough one, right? In it, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, while you are thinking, I I'll just give you another example. Uh, okay. Sometimes, um, um, like, um, basin of gravy might be, might be spoiled. The basin of gravy might be spoiled. Mm. Uh huh. And so the ra- the so the word rhymes with is supposed to rhyme with gravy. Yep. Hmm. 
Okay. Is it a food product? No, 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 no. It's a person. It's a person. It's mm. a human being. Ah, baby. Sure. You're right. Okay. Basin, <laughs> basin of, of baby. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> baby. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's why basin of grapes is like a suggestive of the softness of a food on w- on which babies are fed. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Basin of gravy. Mm-hmm. And the last one, which is my favorite, bees and honey. Bees and honey. Money. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Why do you think? So? How 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 did you manage to get that? Well, um, have I, you, I, have you I've, I think I've heard it before. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. It um, yeah. It 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 kind of rang a bell in my in uh-huh. my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, bees and honey, and they it stands for, it's um uh, it's embodiment of work. I mean, bees and embodiment of work, mm-hmm. and work brings about brings money results. Yeah, brings sure. about yeah. Mm-hmm. And the possession is sweet. That's about honey. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've kind of prepared regarding Cockney, it's, which is amazing, really. And guys, I do recommend you to listen to watch stuff like uh, uh, movies like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. You know, I always forget. The name of this song, of this uh, <laughs> movie, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking <laughs> yeah, Barrels. Not the easiest movie to in a movie title yeah, to remember. Yeah, and they, I do recommend it to use subtitles watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's about Cockney. I don't know if you've got something to 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 say. If you've got something to to say about Cockney, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, know? so what do what do we talk about? We said we um. All right, so th and the are usually replaced, right? With th and the. Yeah. You've also got um, yeah um, stops, uh-huh, yeah. glottal stops. Yeah. Uh, another thing about the Cockney accent is that the um, you know the schwa, basically the the uh sound at the end of a word, like let's say brother, for example, uh-huh. um, is usually very emphasized in like in the Cockney accent. Like, yeah. could you give an example? Like um, normally we'd say brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just a brother, and it's just an uh at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in the Cockney accent, they tend to really stress that. So it would be like brother. Brother. You know? Yeah, I yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. Brother. Uh-huh. There's also a tendency to say um, my. No, instead of my, you know, just saying me, you know. Uh-huh. So instead of saying, like, he's my brother, you'd be like, he's me brother. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's me brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, while we were listening to that Londoner uh, talking about his uh, kind of terrible date, mm, yeah, he and they were using like a lot of oh no no stuff, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, a lot yeah. of this stuff like you again, you can't get it unless you are and unless you were kind of like, uh, unless you grew up within b- being surrounded by that kind of yeah. people, or uh, I mean, or unless um. Unless y- I mean, you could get it if you've been exposed enough as well to yeah to the to, to the oh, accent sure. and to the manner of speech yeah because mm-hmm. it's it's not about words it's about sound that you should feel mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I oh. mean yeah there's a, there's a lot that goes into accent I mean there's the um, just you know the way words are said I mean that's only one component you know you've got um, you know the other more subtle things that we've been talking about like yeah the little sounds and you know the speech patterns and uh-huh. yeah it's yeah, it's it's you know it's the tonal amazing. qualities and yeah. Um. So yeah, actually, that's about uh rhyming. You know, and the uh, unfortunate I should kind of highlight that that's uh, it's uh due to the globalization and the stuff. It's uh, it's a uh, dying out. You know, this accent is dying out. I mean, in that way, we are just discussing. I mean, this uh, rhyme rhyming rhyming slang, uh, these um uh glottal stops. And uh, the and th forms, yeah. um, 
not not so fast, but gradually, you know. It's yeah, no, and I think it's inevitable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, the fact that we have organizations now, right, that are meant to um, preserve accents, uh-huh. and I mean, uh, we're even. To, I mean, there's even talk about accents going extinct. You know, we're talking about them as if, you know, as we talk about animals, for example. Yeah, yeah. and you know, the existence of those kinds of organizations. You know, they, you know, they, they, they. they they already indicate that. Um, I mean, their very existence kind of indicates that. Uh, kind of indicates that. Uh, yeah, that they're that they're slowly, you know, slowly but surely, um, you know, dying out. Yeah. And it's a, uh, like for here's an interesting story, um, and it's it regards Cockney as well. Okay. And um, I'd like to know I'd like to know what you think about this. So, um, there was a guy by the name of George Martin. Um, he was actually the. I'm sure you're familiar with the band The Beatles. Okay. And he was their producer. Yeah, he produced most of their music, George Martin. And mm-hmm. he actually spoke with a... He spoke, well, early in his adult life, he spoke with a... He actually spoke with a Cockney accent, yeah. But he changed it. He changed it... Um, he kind of worked on it and started to speak in a more standard um, London accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually started to sound... You know when when you if you listen to George Martin like any you know just look for any George Martin in, interview on YouTube or something mm-hmm. he sounds rather posh wow. you know yeah but um he himself you know by his own account um he used to he actually used to speak with a heavy cockney accent yeah but he changed it to get ahead in the industry yeah and um that's just one out of many examples of um changing accents um in order to kind of get ahead in whether it's entertainment or business, yeah, and because you know accents, um, just a, just as much as they they could be an indicator of where somebody's from, right? We often, and w- I mean, they're by f- they're far from perfect indicators, but yeah, it doesn't stop us from using them to um, determine somebody's level of education, for mm-hmm. instance, or um, social class. Yeah, I mean, we can't hide from the fact that. There's um there's been a connection, at least in our, at least in our imagination between you know social class and mm-hmm. and accent yeah and I guess humans have a tendency of using accent to determine social class and, exactly. and that kind of thing yeah there's a kind of link that. between them yeah and so exactly. and it's similar to what used to happen in Russia so there was um what they used to call the Staromaskovsky Govor. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was okay. basically a, it was the standard Moscow pronunciation in the twentieth century. Yeah, and lots of people, who even people who grew up in other parts of Russia, you know, had to l- learn how to speak. Yeah, in this standard Moscow dialect, in order to, yeah, in order to get ahead in you uh-huh. know career-wise. Yeah, sure. it was a very interesting phenomenon. And what do you think of the, you know, just the idea of, um, adopting an entirely new accent? just to get ahead you know in, in your career um you know on one hand it's a uh, quite uh, sad that y- it's uh, it's about being kind of mm, like you know like um i wouldn't say double face it's about being um uh, oh, come on let me think and tell you that uh not can't remember that word it's a uh, let's see hypocritical dishonest um dishonest uh, yeah somehow but there's a word like um uh, Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. That word which I was thinking of, hypocritic. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. Hypocritical. Sure. Yeah. When mm -hmm. you yeah, hypocritical. When you yeah, when you have to change something so that you can get something again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Like uh, purely, uh, purely pragmatically, like yeah, you change something about yourself, about your identity. Exactly. For some kind of goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because actually, you're not supposed to. I mean, unless unless you're you know your voice it's a sort of a modus operandi you know what i mean like exactly i mean y so you could look at um, your voice as a tool like has nothing more I, I bet some people have kind of comforted themselves using this idea that i mean my voice is nothing more than a tool right yeah. it's an instrument and yeah. so yeah Get i my, could my change it across. and yeah i could change it and i could um you know adjust it um you know, however, I have to, yeah, in order to, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's our society and the how uh, how things go here and yeah. uh, whether we like it or not. But I mean, yeah, it's terrible. And uh, I face that, and some somehow I can say, like when I again when I moved here about twenty years ago, I had broad accent because that region where I was born, you know, mm, yeah. Although Russian language is is the Russian language is quite. It's it's pretty common. It's uh, it's, it's something pretty that uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, uh, something you know. I mean, you, it's it, you can't uh, communicate there without using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh -huh. The Russian language. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, people do not give much thought there. I mean, they all of them have this broad accent, and mm -hmm. they, I mean, being there, you don't feel that. Exactly. Yeah. You roughly have. You know, you've got that society where everyone has broad accent exactly you know? yeah that's it mm -hmm. and uh, when i moved here uh i had to but again it's a uh, like a uh, inevitable process like as i was was living here and i had to communicate with the locals uh and i i was exposed to these uh, uh kind of um changes i mean and uh, I, I whether I, I i wanted or not i changed my accent I, it, it kind of blurred you know mm -hmm. and uh, it got blurred and um uh yeah, and but I had to do that. On pr I mean, it wasn't like um, you know, it it didn't. I can't say like I didn't make any effort. You know, mm -hmm. I oh, right, I yeah. had to uh, somehow. I had to think of some words. I had to use some words properly. I had yeah. to think of that. So a, p a part of you was conscious of what you yeah. were doing. There was yeah. some con an an element of conscious effort. Yeah. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be accepted by the society. I mean, I I remember having some. I wouldn't say troubles, but misunderstanding maybe between my peers, you know, and they, I, they were looking down on me, like, you know, look at him, he, he mm -hmm. can't speak Russian properly. I mean, I, they didn't tell me that. I felt it, you know. Mm -hmm. I felt yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. That's what I had to do my best to, I mean, adopt as fast as, as I could, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and I think it somehow it really refers to what you are asking me, like whether you want to get. I mean, like well-paid job, let's say, uh, or uh, you wanna you, whether you want to occupy high position, you're mm -hmm. supposed to have, as in English, like a posh accent, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. or an RP, yeah. Yeah, it's RP, yeah. that's a... Yeah. Uh, but uh, as for listening, um, if we compare Cockney and, uh, I mean, that one which we've heard today, and uh, talking to, uh, and listening to, uh, like uh, Queen Elizabeth speech, right? Uh -huh. It's uh, like a cheese and chalk, you know, like <laughs> something that you. For me, it's a music to my ears. I mean, listening to Queen Elizabeth. Ah, oh, to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, uh, talking about posh English, like, do you do you feel that you are, uh, I don't know, you are being enriched culturally? You know. Well. <laughs> 
well or I, you've got different opinion yeah I suppose I mean if I'm talking about my I mean my own um, you know subjective experience sure. listening to that kind of thing well I guess um, I don't, over the years because the way for example the Queen speaks right is um, okay I guess I <laughs> also have to take a step back so basically uh -huh. um, what we have in England is basically what, what they call received pronunciation yeah most people probably know about this received pronunciation or RP yeah mm -hmm. that's basically the standard um, the standard um, English pronunciation yeah and but the thing is just like any accent it's um, it's changed you know it's undergone a lot of change just like any accent would mm -hmm. over time and so what was considered RP in the early 20th century for instance um, is not necessarily what's considered RP now and so RP now is like what you'd expect to hear if you, um, you know, you you tuned into the BBC, for example, yeah, and listened to BBC News, like just a yeah, just a standard British accent, yeah. How the Queen speaks, that would have been considered RP um, a couple of decades ago. Mm -hmm. Now that's what we call a posh accent, mm -hmm. yes. Uh -huh. And you know, when I listen to it, it it, it kind of sounds like um, like a a remnant of a distant old time ah, yeah and it's I like see. like uh, okay. i mean y you wouldn't i mean if you go into a if you go into a like a regular street right in london yeah talking like that you know you'd you'd sound like a total clown yeah it's like because <laughs> yeah it's like no yeah no <laughs> yeah okay. because i mean nobody no no one really talks like that anymore yeah it's like you you're tr it's like you like you're um you say you sound like a victorian era i don't know yeah, yeah knight or something like that but i mean it's understandable that the queen talks like that yeah but it's funny sort of enough exception even, yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean she's she's royalty like uh -huh. literally yeah but even she has actually um if you compare the, her speeches from let's say the 50s um yeah, the 50s or 60s, even she's actually toned it down a little bit and mm. it's become a bit closer to modern day RP. Yeah. So, I see. yeah. Mm. Wow. I could actually. Um, okay, yeah, you've got the recording. I guess I could, yeah. Um, it's not the. It's not quite the Queen, but it's. Um, all right, so this is kind of a. Uh, there was a British writer by the name of Virginia Woolf. Some people might be uh, familiar, familiar with some of uh -huh. her works. And. Okay, so and their perfection. So many famous marriages and partners. The splendid word in common life, for example, who can use that without remembering multitudinous scenes? In the old days, of course, when English was a new language. Writers could invent new words and use them. Nowadays, it's easy enough to invent new words. They spring to the lips whenever we see a new sight or feel a new sensation. But we cannot use them because the English language is old. We cannot use a brand new word in an old language because it's a very obvious, yet always mysterious fact that a word is not a single yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I didn't get 
you know, I I I got just only she was talking about English. Yeah, she was talking about English and words and um, yeah, and yeah, basically how. Have, have not you noticed that yeah. they are just uh, that was from 1937, by the way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it sounds quite uh, old-fashioned. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's how an upper-class English person would be expected to talk at that time. Now, talking like that just sounds. Um, yeah, she's a clown. It sounds so old and like it's it's um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just <laughs> sure. Yeah, it sounds a bit too old-fashioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm wondering, like, okay, so uh, some people are pretty concerned of uh, of languages and they are dying out. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about exactly in that written format. Because the thing, uh, due to the social media platforms, like today, you know, it's much easier just to to use some uh, like letters, you know, to get your point across, like ADK, let's say, or you know, thanks, like a THX. Oh yeah, yeah. You, what mean, you mm-hmm. know, you know what I'm seeing. Like, uh, what I'm saying is that um, lots of people are concerned of having some languages um, getting extinct. But uh, why? Could you please tell me? Um, like why uh today it has it has changed since this 19th 19th century or 20th century uh, twi- uh, the, yeah, 20th like century. the early yeah the yeah. 20th century and how it has changed and today the english language i mean like in general is spoken in a much faster and uh, the less this posh way you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah how and why and how how it happens well um like they feel like okay, it's enough. It's quite annoying, you know, like to speak in that way. I I guess it's because of um, you know, as funny as this may sound, I mm-hmm. suppose it it has some kind of link with the speed of movement or with the the speed of movement of information generally. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got the internet. Mm-hmm. We've got a general um, so you've got the internet kind of speeding everything up, and you've got um, just a general you know increment in in just speed of, of everything you know everything's moving so fast and um, you know more and more we feel as if we need to um, get as much information get as much information across as possible within the space of a few seconds yeah mm-hmm. which naturally increases the the speed at which we talk yeah and this is happening uh, and this is happening uh, in basically every language yeah you know we're generally talking faster we're generally um, and I guess language is becoming more and more. Um, I guess, yeah. Like uh, I guess it's more and more. It's becoming more and more of a tool, okay. and less and less of a. I don't know an expression of um, like its own kind of aesthetic form of um, e- expression or whatever. Yeah, it's becoming more and more about efficiency. Yeah, because like I said, with the just with how how fast everything's moving now. Efficiency is the is the name of the game, you know. Efficiency yeah. is now efficiency in communication, written, spoken, everything. Yeah, and you just got to sound efficient. You just got to get your point across, and and, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's it. how we have to. I mean, things that were kind of that we took for granted before, mm-hmm. like preserving native accents and so on and so forth. Uh, we may have taken those things for granted before, but now we're actually we actually actively have to fight to to kind of keep them alive yeah yeah it's it's amazing but um but that's what's happening yeah because it's all about it's all about efficiency yeah. it's all about that uh mm-hmm. but what about future uh do not you think that it's going to be even faster and uh, people is going to like pay less attention to these 
distinctive features, you know, that mainly accents are full of, you know. And on top of that, um, I mean, the English language is um, is a special case right now because we have um, we have a situation where the English language it's probably the most fragmented language on the planet. So yeah. you've got so many different ways of speaking English that um, um, I I remember it was during a certain speaking club when I made this um, well rather outrageous prediction, but okay, okay, so. Remember, in the Roman Empire, right? Uh -huh. Everybody spoke Latin. Uh -huh. Yeah, Latin was basically the official language of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire got so big, right, that you had um, distinct parts of the empire that, um, and they were all speaking Latin with their own unique flavor, you know. Uh -huh. And then what happened eventually? Eventually, those distinct um, flavors or dialects of Latin just became their own languages. They became modern-day Spanish, modern-day Italian modern-day Portuguese, modern-day French. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking, what if the same thing happens to English, where it becomes so... Because, I mean, it's it's a bit of an empire in a, in a certain sense, you know, and you've got... Jamaicans have their own whatever accents. Yeah, Indian you know? English. In Indians have got their own standardized accents, by the way, like accepted standard forms, yeah. There's now what we call mm, AAVE. Yeah, mm -hmm. African American vernacular English. Yeah, like it's um, it's it's studied. It's um, it's been made official. It's got its own, uh, you know, consistent grammar, wow. accent, you know, phonology and stuff like that. So, it seems like everything will just keep getting more and more fragmented until I don't know, maybe <laughs> in a couple of years, mm -hmm. um, without any kind of prescriptive interference, um, English will just cease to exist and <laughs> and give way to like. <laughs> little sub forms everywhere yeah mm -hmm. who knows yeah wow you know to be honest i've never thought of uh i mean of uh kind of expanding language in that way like the roman empire it's great <laughs> and it really makes sense like when you see uh and how it happened to these languages like you mentioned the spanish portuguese and others yeah uh -huh. yeah exactly the offshoots of I, Latin, I, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it, it seems to be rational and logical to that uh, the expansion of English language, the English language it, it will lead to, it's likely to lead to uh, these, the consequence, you know. To the same, I mean, yeah, I think it's a perfectly rational thing to suspect, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's a kind of string holding everything together for now, yeah, but yeah, <sighs> who knows what's going to happen, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, actually, I've got the last question, and from my side, maybe you've got something to talk to as well, to discuss, sorry. Um, Teaching again, as we are teachers, I I, I can't uh, you know we can't have a podcast an episode <laughs> without uh, kind of touching that point upon, uh, upon yeah, uh, uh -huh. <laughs> about teaching. Have you ever thought of teaching accents? I mean, like it, what if I wanna sound like a Brit, you know, like a pure British? Yeah, uh huh. And it's something um, I guess teachers are sort of shy away from. Like uh, you know, I'm going to teach. Uh, you know, grammar, reading skills, and whatever, but um, things like accents, um, I guess teachers have tended to kind of shy away from that. Like, you know, it'll, whatever happens, happens. Like, it'll it'll just form on its own, yeah. But mm -hmm. teaching a specific accent would, um, would be something interesting, yeah. But um, I wonder why somebody would want to learn a particular accent. Like, I want to sound like... Uh, <laughs> Like so and so, or I want to sa I want to sound like this. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose, yeah. If somebody wanted to, let's say, 
I can understand somebody wanting to sound more native, like, oh, I want to sound more native. Yeah, I guess um, I could probably do something like that where I um, give more phonologically oriented lessons, like, mm -hmm. yeah, lessons more oriented towards phonology and... But, it's, it, you know, it seems to... Excuse me for interrupting, yeah, but sure. it seems to be, you know, kind of um, like um, painstacking work, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you need to repeat it. It's a repetitive <laughs> stuff. We need to repeat, and I think you're likely to get crazy, you know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, uh, until you get, um, I don't know, a result, like regarding your yeah, uh, yeah, and not just any result, like the desired result. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I mean, even you can't uh, make sure if you are kind of walking on the right way, because you can't talk to. I mean, I, 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 now I'm talking about that. Uh, let's say. Um, I don't know, like a uh, situation, let's say, where a person is not in uh, English spoken country. Exactly, you know? yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they tell you, okay, make me sound like the queen. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's it. That's what I've, what I've discussed, would like to discuss with you. You know, mm. if you've got anything to say, maybe shit out, like <laughs> my friends, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Our listeners. Mm. I suppose, um, yeah, I I wanted to Oh, you um you mentioned that you're you're interested in the what, what where does your you seem to have quite a keen interest in the cockney accent yeah, um, and totally. where did yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested to know where it came from. Yeah. Football. I'm a big <laughs> fan of football, you know, and the on like uh, moreover, uh, even now I'm trying to like to <laughs> sound like that. I mean I remember those days when I was fo watching football, and uh, you know, as you s as you know, football is surrounded by football fans, and the mostly football fans they speak Cockney because they are from working class. You know, it's uh, all of these kind of um, interconnected stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, watching uh, football and uh, being interested in the, this uh, subculture surrounded uh, that football is surrounded by. Uh, yes, I I I remember. Those days when I heard like, and it was like I, 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 I fell in love with it. You know, I can't even explain. And I, 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 I remember doing sort of um, paperwork at university. You know, we were we were like, uh, it was a task, and uh, one of our English subjects, where we were supposed to prepare uh, something related to Great Britain or the, to in, to the to English. I mean, no, like regardless if it is the American English or um, the American English yeah, or the British English and uh, I had a kind of no doubt uh, and I was going to and I prepared something about Cockney and those words like mate come on you know like that kind of way they speak it really strikes a chord with me even now even today and when I watch uh, interviews with Adele uh, with uh, when I watch movies with uh, Jason Statham and uh, and other guys now I can't forget some of them you know uh, I mean their names and uh, I don't know. It's like uh, something that I that I was born for, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's amazing how um, yeah, it's amazing how much admiration can actually play a role because um, you've got, I mean, you've got so many situations where because we s we um we t we talked about how at a certain point it becomes difficult to change an accent, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes very. It starts to become very. You know, stoic was the was the word we used, but um. It's amazing the role that admiration can actually play. So, uh, we've we've had so many situations where 
just out of pure admiration for somebody, it's kind of um, a person can't help but imit sort of imitate something or somebody that he he or she strongly admires. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember mm, I was so obsessed with the Beatles. Okay, you know, and Liverpudlian culture in general that uh, I kind of started to imitate. Uh, I, you know, without even noticing, I kind of started to imitate the way they speak. The way, yeah, I watched you know probably. I don't know thousands dozens of hours of, of of interviews and and yeah without even noticing I started to imitate some of their speech patterns and even to this day um I pronounce certain things as if I'm from the northern part of England so okay. for example um I don't say grass for example as uh-huh. I'm supposed to I say grass yeah which uh-huh. is because uh well it's something called the trap bath split in uh-huh. in linguistics yeah basically certain words in the southern part of england surrounding london you would pronounce with a hard r sound like yeah like dance for mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. yeah whereas in the northern part of england liverpool manchester and so on they would say dance yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i've noticed i i don't say shall we dance for example i say dance yeah dance. as if i'm a northerner yeah and so yeah that probably came from trying to Im- to imitate um the liverpool quartet yeah that's what we uh you know really admire for okay yeah. thank you very much that's been mumble podcast and yep. we hope you enjoyed uh our conversation today uh thank you buddy for being here yep and uh yeah you will get this information uh published i'm talking about uh, the words expressions that we use today yep and uh yeah thank you cheers thanks everybody keep on mumbling yep keep on <laughs>